podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And today, we have got to take a look into the life and career of Kirby Hocutt. That seems that sounds a lot more serious. <laughs> that sounds very 60 minutes. Uh, but we want to take a deep dive. Dun, dun. Yeah, we want to take a deep dive and talk about Kirby Hocutt. A lot of tumult, a lot of magnifying glasses on Kirby Hocutt recently. Um, a lot, and you could argue this should have been there to begin with, but... Uh, we want to talk about it. We want to take a step back and really think about um, how, you know, think about what he has done, both positive and negative. And when I say we, of course, I'm talking about myself and uh, the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What up, Albie? I'm uh, really excited for this one. We are recording this semi out of order. We had an awesome interview um, with a surprise guest that we will release in a, this will be a two-parter. We'll go ahead and release that as the second part because there is so much wonderful, like intelligent discourse from a not sports fan about a very sports centric issue and just super excited about what he's going to bring to the table. We'll talk about that later at the end of this. Um, but yeah, man, what an exciting opportunity for us to just drag our name through the mud for tech athletics. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, yeah, for real. So let's talk about Kirby Hocutt. So first off, I do want to say we both, Jeremy and I have no dogs in the fight. We have no dogs in the fight. Like we want what's best for Texas tech. We want what's best for Texas tech, Texas tech athletics. Um, we don't, I don't know Kirby personally. Jeremy doesn't know Kirby personally. Um, and I have no animosity towards him or any, or any ill will, or any ill will or positive. Like I have no, I'm, I'm a third party, you know, observer, right? Uh, so let's talk about Kirby Hocutt and uh, and his life and career. So um, Kirby Hocutt, right, played football K State. Um, after you know, played football K State, kind of got into the career, getting his master's at Oklahoma. Once at Oklahoma, he became the associate AD, and and from being the associate AD at Oklahoma, um, from from West Texas boy, from Sherman, Texas got hired as the AD at Ohio, right? And while he was at Ohio, University of Ohio, the Bobcats, um, they won a lot of championships, right? Uh, they won 11 team championships. His, his coaches got a lot of coach of the years. His football team got into bowl games. They, they saw just the greatest amount of success you could possibly see at Ohio in the short time. He was only there for three years. So, you know, and he was he was able to, to do quite a bit winning, and not only just winning, but he got the department to really invest into their sports and not just invest into the sports, but say, Hey guys, like we are, our football, our basketball, something really makes us money. Like let's really put money into that. And that's, and, and it worked. They were able to win in basketball, win in football. Um, and then before you know it, Miami, Florida says, Hey, you know what? We like what you were doing over there in Ohio. Come down to sunny Coral Gables and do that same thing down in Miami and down at Miami. He did a lot of good things. Again, he he was uh, 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 oversaw twenty six million dollars in projects. Right, he, they got a new basketball facility. They uh, uh, Alex Rodriguez has a baseball field down there. They upgraded that. They upgraded the tennis center. Right. Um, they, they he he did a lot there, 
And before you know it, he was like, when, when Texas Tech, when Gerald Myers decided to retire, and this is my, Gerald Myers at the time of his retirement, this was after the whole Leach thing. Leach thing happened. And let me, if you know about Gerald Myers, that Leach thing really drained him. But at that point, he was ready. He was like, yeah, it's, it's my time. He retires. And Kirby Hoka says, you know what? I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to Texas Tech. And I remember, the t- I remember specifically at the time, a lot of people nationally were like, Texas Tech? That's interesting. Like, why, you know, not too many people leave Miami for Texas Tech. But, for, of course, us, we were like, well, he's a West Texas boy. West Texas boys are just different out there, right? So that's why he just wanted to come back home. He's a West Texas guy, right? Um, and since he's been at Texas Tech, he's done a lot of great things. Like, I mean, this is a guy that's really overseen three periods at three different schools and maybe not necessarily Miami seeing the greatest period, but the three-year run at Ohio and then the run at Texas Tech, you could argue, are both some of the greatest runs in both athletic departments' history, right? While also being a master fundraiser. There's no doubt about that. And then also putting Texas Tech in the forefront while he was the, um, the, 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 the lead chair for the college football playoff committee and, and bringing all this money and, and opening up the Womble Center and now having the money for the new Womble Football Center and, and a new indoor track center. Like we are now the uh, echelon when it comes to track facilities, right? And we're the, 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 the uh, creme de la creme, if you will, for women's basketball facilities and stuff like that. I mean, that's all Kirby Hokuts did as, as doing. So as I'm, I'm kind of detailing this and talking about his history and his past, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Kirby, uh, Kirby's history? Yeah, so I mean, like most, I didn't know very much about Hokut when he came in, right? And all I knew was, you know, we're getting it here to Lubbock, Texas. Oh, athletic director is this guy, but he's going off. Okay, well, who are we going to bring in? Like, what is an athletic? The big question for me was like, what does an athletic director even do? Like, what is their main function? Because like, as we see people who sit atop a lot of things like, uh, a good example is Roger Goodell, like at the head of the NFL. It's like, man, what does that guy actually do besides piss everybody off? That <laughs> um, it's just it's like this continual. I don't know what really important and powerful people do. Kirby Hoka came in and made himself as personable as possible for somebody in his position. He said, "I'm going to connect with alumni. I'm going to connect with donors." I'm going to make, he said, I'm going to make progress visible. So for Kirby Hokut, it was easy for Texas, like coming in Texas Tech, you know, any kind of coming out of the early 2000s, a lot of like renovations, a lot of designs, it's like, oh yeah, this is good and it's functional, but it's not forever. And so Kirby Hokut came in and saw a really good opportunity of a massive university with very deep pockets that I think went unexplored. Um, for a long time and said, we can do something with all of this. And very early on, you felt the energy just towards athletics at Texas Tech. Um, a lot more emphasis on like digital, like creative digital media, of course, is that that was just the time that it was really exploding. Um, a lot more big names like Cody Campbell started becoming more and not just like these people, these these deep donors were there. They were always there. But Hoka kind of grabbed them by the hand and pulled them in front of the camera and said, like, this person is helping your university. And it's just that, like you said, a master, uh, master fundraiser and a master PR guy that just like he steps in front of the camera and for better or worse, and we'll talk about it, but like fits the role. Like he just answers the questions as simply and as politically as possible 
Um, the only ever time that I've seen him look flustered was after Chris Beard left, and that felt very personal, right? So, but Kirby Hoka in his tenure has been extraordinarily um, efficient, might be a good word for it. That like he has continued to put visible and like the keyword here is visible. He has continued to make progress very visible at Texas Tech. Look at this giant, look at this giant uh, facility. Look at this new whatever. Look here, look here. Um, so he's just done. He's taken a very what could have been a very mundane role and made it a very and that's why he's one of the biggest ads in the country for what he does. So let's look. Let's think about the success that he's had. The success that sports have had in his reign. So he took over in 2011. So on the on the uh, men's basketball side, we went to a national championship game for the first time in our history. Final Four for the first time in our history. Elite Eight for the first time in our history. Right? It was all under uh, Kirby Hokett's watch, and then also with a guy that he hired in Chris Beard. Um, going to the Sweet 16 with Mark Adams, but like this reign of men's basketball is, is the best reign that we've ever had. Right. Um, and then we also have on the uh, uh, baseball side, right? Um, Tim Tadlock. Tim Tadlock, another Kirby Hoka hire. And we have now, we had never been to a College World Series in Texas Tech baseball history. Uh, when I was in school, the baseball team wasn't bad, weren't good. We were mediocre. We were just mediocre, right? Like, that was it. That was, And for the majority of Texas Tech baseball history, we've just been a middling program, middle of the road. We'll finish sixth in the Big 12, seventh in the Big 12. Might make an NCAA tournament here or there, uh, but we'll probably lose in the in, before. We won't even get to the Super Regional. We'll probably lose somewhere in the Regional. Like, that's, that's usually how, that's just how we have been. But all of a sudden... This guy takes over, and just like that, we go to a super regional four times. We win, win three Big Twelve championships, and like and like I said, we go to the uh, uh, College World Series four times. It's something that's never been done. This is all under again Kirby Hokut, right? So he is now overseeing the greatest reign in baseball history. Then you get the track, track and field, men and women's, both sides have easily been one of the premier programs um, in the Big Twelve. For both men and women's. For men, you win a national championship. A national championship, only the second national championship in Texas Tech athletic history. Right? And that's all, again, under Kirby. Now, even though uh, um, the coach wasn't necessarily hired, uh, uh, Kitley wasn't, Wes Kitley wasn't hired by Kirby Hocutt. He was re-signed by Kirby Hocutt. He's he kept a good relationship with Kirby Hocutt. And, and sometimes the uh, Elon Musk can learn about this. When something good is happening, don't touch it. Don't, don't leave it alone. Right, and that's what he's been able to do with the track and field. We've just gotten better on that aspect. Uh, tennis has continued to be con consistently good while Kirby Hokett's been here. Golf has been consistently good when Kirby Hokett's been there. We have the number one golfer in the world right now under Kirby Hokett's watch, right? And so these are all things that while he's been here, the athletic program has seen some success that we've never seen before in many, many sports. And so, and again, you could argue that there's an argument that, well, Kirby Hokett didn't really have anything to do with that. Maybe. But as long as you're on top, you get the blame, but you also get the credit. You get the credit for your team's doing well. If you're the top dog, if you're the boss, if you're the CEO, and your company does well, guess what? It don't matter if you weren't doing nothing. You delegated very well. Good job. Right? Again, Elon, listen to our advice here because Twitter looks terrible. Right? <laughs> um, but, you know, so that's that's the thing. And, and I, and I want to definitely talk about the, some of that good reign that we've had on the athletic side while Kirby Hook has been the AD. 14 Big 12 conference titles, right? Like you said. Women's tennis yeah. has had four. Men's track and field has had four. Baseball's had three. 
you got one for men's basketball, which felt like you know you won the you won the you won the world. With we that one, ended right? we ended Kansas's reign. Us and K State ended Kansas's reign. Yep. So like that's oh not only and I forgot even in football Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean Pat Mahomes. Now we didn't win any games, the championship with Pat Mahomes, but I do think the relationship that Pat Mahomes has kept is large in part to the athletic director. We there we have a freaking partnership with Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you think that's all Pat? That's Kirby as well. Yeah, right. And so you see when you watch Chiefs game all randomly, you'll see a Texas Tech double T watching a Kansas City Chiefs game or on the field at Arrowhead or something like that. So that's, you know, so I, I got to definitely give him his props. Yeah. Him. And so, and then also one for men's tennis, one for women's soccer, get those out of the way. Um, <laughs> uh, in 2014, Hoka partnered together with the Marsha Sharp and they created now on the, um, they created the JT and Margaret Talkington leadership Academy. And that was to help prepare students for success after graduation. Like, the amount of resources on campus for student athletes has since my time uh, exploded into just like, I mean, the cafeteria they have alone is amazing. In uh, later of that year, they uh, Hokut unveiled the first athletic specific fundraising campaign in university history. That was the campaign for fearless champions. It had four goals, right? They wanted to enhance athletic facilities. They wanted to, invest in an athletic scholarship endowment. Uh, they wanted to grow that talking to the leadership Academy and they wanted um, to provide for the future of Texas tech athletics. And since then, Albert, it has raised over $200 million, which is nuts. Um, it's just a lot of money. I mean, this led to the sports performance center being, you know, that, that money went towards the sports performance center, the football training facility in 2017, that cash family sports nutrition center. I was talking about the cafeteria in 2020, Terrible year for that. Um, the Dustin Womble, uh, the basketball center in 21, and now the South End Zone rebuild. So, like, again, visible marks of progress have also kind of underscored just a bunch of really good and encouraging things for student athletes and student athlete life on campus. And now, so student athletes have uh, across the board, and I got to check this, um, have a combined uh, uh, at least uh, an above a 3.0 GPA uh, for 12. We are on 12 consecutive semesters uh, where student athletes have been above a 3.0 GPA across all sports, um, which is insane. It's the new, it's a school record for high semester and cumulative GPA in history. And again, one of those things it's like, is Hoka in there helping them do their like homework? No, but when you get the success at that level, you get the credit. So uh, and then, of course, we talked about in 2015, um, Hoka in the college football playoff committee, committee, and he actually served again in 2017 again. And then 2018, I forgot, Under Armour Athletic Director of the Year, which that's a small pool because you got Under Armour, but at the same time, an award is, a, is an award. So Hoka has definitely had a lot of eyes on him and has done a lot of good in that time you know, for this university. Not only that, but also let's think about what Texas Tech has done as far as getting on the forefront, right, with NIL. Um, Beyond Verified. People forget about Beyond Verified. That was new. That was first. When Beyond Verified came out. That was new. That was that was NIL had just launched. Nobody knew how to touch it. A lot of coaches and people were still saying like, "Oh, well, you don't know if this is good." And Texas Tech, that loan school out in West Texas, was like, "Now, nah, now nah, we're gonna do this." Beyond Verified. Let's get it. Not to mention, right, the football team twenty five thousand yeah. dollars to every single player on the football team. Teams still aren't really doing it like that. Women's basketball, $25,000. Now, that's not necessarily on the Matador Club. That's actually level 13. But still, 
$25,000. And a lot of people, this kind of went under the radar. The softball team is getting paid. Now, that's not as as disclosed as football and basketball is, so we don't know the exact dollar amounts, but the softball team, Matador Club is also paying the softball team uh, a five-figure settlements, or, or not settlements, but five-figure amounts to each shit. We're not there, Albert. On the softball team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's 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 a lot. Like, Kirby Hoka has done a lot of good for this university, right? A lot, a lot of good for this university. Um, now, there is the other side. And let's talk about some of the bad. Talking just sports right now, as far as some of the other things that haven't been good. We didn't really talk about a couple sports when it, on the good side, and one of them is football. We haven't been good in football. We had the Pat Mahomes may end up being the greatest NFL player of all time. He's right now on the trajectory to eventually surpass Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. Right? Um, while he was here at Texas Tech, we had a losing record. Yeah, we lost to Iowa State sixty-six to six. Um, uh, and so like. Stuff like that. We, we we have not been good in football since Kirby Hoka got here. We have not been good. Last year, we won eight games. That is the most we've ever won in a season with Kirby Hoka as athletic director. Yeah. We just haven't been good. He's made – his hires have not been great. Now, Tommy Tuberville was already here before him, so I'm not going to give that on Tommy. But Cliff King – sorry, on Kirby. But Cliff Kingsbury was his hire. Didn't work out. Matt Wells was fully his hire. He, he was – Gun ho on Matt Wells. He was. And that was a big flop, right? And so, so far, one year in with Joey McGuire, that's his hire, and it's worked out so far, right? Um, but then we go to to women's basketball. This is a, We are a proud women's basketball university, right? We are a proud – similar to how I talk about Oklahoma State on the men's side, that's us on the women's side. Won a, a 1993 national championship is on us. And throughout Marshall Sharp's reign, we were consistently a top 20 program. And when Christy Curry left, we have been bad. Not just media, like we've been abysmal since she's left. And that's been the entire entirety of Kirby Hoka's reign. We went to the NIT last year. This is the best season we've had in, in a decade. And that's pretty sad that going to the NIT third round, WNIT third round is the best Lady Raiders season we've had in a decade. But it's true. And that's under his watch, right? Even men's basketball. I just mentioned how he had the, a, a really great reign there. But let's face it. He hired Billy Gillespie. That didn't work. Hired Tommy Tub or, or sorry, Tommy Tubber. He hired Tommy Smith. My guy, Tommy Smith. I like Tommy Smith a lot, but he left us. Hired Chris Beard. He left us. Hired Mark Adams. That didn't work. And so now he's on his fifth guy that he has tried to hire when Grant McCaslin. Five head coaches on the, on the men's side, right? Like, that's not great that the two most popular sports in college athletics you have made a grand total of eight hires in a decade eight yeah i'm in over a decade 12 years eight that's not great right and if you add women's basketball which is number number three as far as uh money making sports um that's what uh uh, that's three there that's three hires there on the women's basketball side um with two of them not working out not being great at all so it's it's uh um Something to be said a little bit about the fact that on on that side, some of those sports just have not been good. Um, softball hasn't really, you know, been great on the Texas Tech side. Hasn't been embarrassing like women's basketball and football has been at times, but it also hasn't been good. Nothing. Now we haven't went to the NCAA tournament in a long time. It hasn't been great, right? It hasn't reached the same successes that soccer has or that track has or that even tennis has. 
It just has, simply hasn't. And so on the sports side alone, there's some reason to say as great as men's basketball and soccer and track has been, we have been some really bad L's on the other side. Well, meanwhile, we see TCU going to the National Championship game, right? We see Baylor and the, and the run that they've had. We see Oklahoma State and the run that they've had. Right, even Texas has been to New York Six Bowl, and let's face it—I mean, as Tech fans on the football side, we don't get to—we don't get to partake in the banter because at the end of the day, almost every te- unless you're Kansas, in the past decade, past twelve years, every other school in the Big Twelve can say, "Well, we're better than them," and that's just been the case. And so that's that's a mark on on uh, um, Kirby Hoka's record, no doubt. Yeah, turnover when you're in a power conference is not a good thing. If you're a mid-major, yeah, you hire successful people, they do well, they move on. But when you get to the Big 12, when you get to any kind of Power 5 conference, Power 6 conference in basketball, and you have that many hires in such a short amount of time, it you got to start wondering, what's the common factor? Like, what's the, what's the issue here? Um, because you, especially for basketball, man, you've got, you know, these elite facilities, you dumped money into the programs. Um, you created a, a fan base that pundits have been like, this is one of the best fan bases in the nation. Like you've gone from on the men's side, mediocrity to like excellence, but at the cost of, uh, but there's like this awkward underlying cost of uh, stability. I do think there's something to be said. And I know that nationally some people will say, well, y'all are Texas Tech. But I think there's something to be said. A lot of coaches have left the university for whatever reason. Like not not simply because they, they found a better opportunity, right? And it's not always, you know, and, and, and so like going from Tommy, Tuber- Tommy Tuberville going to Cincinnati. Christy Curry going to Alabama, Chris Beard going to Texas, Tubby Smith going to Memphis. Like all these, there's that's a lot of coaches that said, you know what? And now some of that, like the Tubbies, both Tuberville and Tubby Smith, just didn't like Lubbock. And I, and I get that, right? Christy Curry went to Alabama. That's that's uh, where she's from, yada, yada, yada. Like I get all of that. But at the same time, it's as an AD, you either got to figure that out from the jump or you got to stop that from happening. And it's... Again, in those three big sports, the fact that it's already, it's what, five times that I'm mentioning where somebody said, yeah, this is cool and all, but I see greener pasture somewhere else at a Power Six conference. And I, and I get people saying that, oh, y'all are Texas Tech, yada, yada, yada. But it hasn't really happened like that at Baylor. Yeah. Right? When I was in school, Baylor was ugh, like in all sports. It hasn't happened like that at Baylor. It hasn't happened like that at TCU. Right, what's TCU? You know what I mean. It happens, and it hasn't happened uh, um, like that at some other at Oklahoma State, right? And so, Oklahoma, and these schools have a lot of the same problems that Tech should have, right? Stillwater is not a great town. It's not, you know, it's, it's Waco sucks. So it's not like you can just say these things. Well, okay, and it's just Texas Tech and excuse it off. I definitely think that there's something to be said at as an athletic director. You're either not vetting this out properly at the beginning. Right, and Dabu Tuberville wasn't his hire, so I'm not going to necessarily put that on him. But flip side of that is you're not you're not able to keep these guys when they have been good, like like a Tubby Smith. I wonder if Kirby is very much a X's. So if we could put this in like coaching terminology, like he's a very X's and O's guy, but not a very good players coach. That we talk about some of the relationship he has with people, but it's not like an overwhelming amount of deep relationship. More so as like he knows what he has to do to get what he wants or to get what the university needs. And we've talked about it um, elsewhere that like, you know, the, the benefit like Tommy Tuberville, 
Wes Kitley, um, Tom Stone, like they mind their business. Like they just stay in their little sphere and just do their job. Tupperville? Did I say Tupperville? Yeah, you did say Tupperville. Oh, uh, okay. No, I said Wes Kitley, Tom Stone. You said Wes Kitley, Tom Stone. Oh, uh, you thinking of? baseball. I'm stuck. Oh, Tim Tadlock. Tim Tadlock. Um, all these T names. Uh, Tim Tadlock. But you've got coaches who, yeah, Tupperville did not mind his business. Um, you've got these coaches who they got put in their they're they're in their spot and they're like, I'm more than content with this. I'm in my lane. Um, but you have other personalities, especially in the basketball world, that the turnover has just been like, you know, there's just a lot of what kind of conversations could you have had earlier on in the hiring process? What kind of things could you brought up? And this gets, I think, this issue when you're hiring anybody, if you hire somebody and they leave, okay, why did they leave? Maybe we should talk about this in the next hiring process. Okay, that person left. What do we what do we need to be talking about in the next part? And you feel like every time you have somebody leave or get fired, um, you need to have there should be some wisdom, some insight gleaned from that that would prevent that in the future. And in some sports, Hokut has showed a lot of um, lack of insight when it comes to hiring people. Now, we've kind of gotten a little more into putting committees together. And the committees have even evolved over the couple of times that we've had them. Um, but like, you know, there's just this, this in some sports, it seems like he just like the squirrel found the nut. But in other sports, it's like this squirrel is blind as hell. Uh, like, why, why would you pick Mac, what, Matt Wells, right? I mean, so it, there's just a, it's just not consistent across all the sports. So I do think it's time, Jeremy. We, we got to talk about it. So the biggest thing that's putting the magnifying glass on Kirby Hokut is scandals, scandals, coaching, coaching, play, coach player scandals, right? Um, when it, whether it comes to player abuse, um, insensitive comments, remarks that have been made by coaches, and they seem to all, most for the most part, be guys that he hired. So let's start off with the first guy he hired. Just got off the off the uh, off the beach from Coral Gables. Right, just got his office, got the nameplate and everything. Kirby Hoka, and they said, "Hey, Kirby, we just fired Pat Knight. We need you to hire a new coach. That's your first, that's your first job, your first responsibility." Goes off and gets Billy Clyde Gillespie. Let me just say, I was a big fan of the hire. I loved the Billy Clyde Gillespie hire. I thought this is a guy that has won before. The Kentucky situation at A and M, the Kentucky situation really was kind of out of his hands. It's kind of an out of control institution at the time. Um, he's going to be great at Texas Tech. Um, that lasted a little over a year before player abuse allegations. And I knew some of the players on that team. Let me tell you what you think, you know, it, it was worse. Um, so no, like, honestly, to be honest, from what I understand about Billy Gillespie's tenure, all the other player abuse scandals that don't, don't come close. <laughs> this was this, this scandal with Billy Gillespie was, was before player abuse scandals were even a thing. Right. Like, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was really bad really rough and so that's that's one but you know when it happens with Billy Gillespie it's kind of like okay well that's that's on him that's not a you ho cut you're new here that's on him like who could have foreseen that happening right and the big one that really put magnifying glass on him was Marlene Stallings Marlene Stallings um former coach of Minnesota and this was a big hire when we got coach Stallings as well because it's like man you're getting somebody from Minnesota and she was pretty successful in Minnesota too yeah right and she was starting to win 
over at, with the Lady Raiders. She was starting to turn that program around after the disaster that was Candy Whitaker. Starting to turn the program around, and then you hear stories about her player abuse and her scandal. And that was really tipped off, not by local reporting, not by Kirby Hokut, who should have been the guy that caught this, but by USA Today article. Tipped the whole thing off, and then before you know it, she's fired. She sues the school back because she's like, whoa, whoa, what the hell? How you gonna fire me? You know about this, right? Um, so there's that. Then, after that, and that really was tipped off by exit interviews, then after that, because of now USA Today and the national media is in, in on it, um, they say, let's look at some other exit interviews, and you start looking at Texas Tech softball and Adrian Gregory. And it's like, oh, bruh, Adrian Gregory, what are you doing with your team? So they, they get rid of her before USA Today even come, come out with an article about it. And and I looked this up, Jeremy, um, so we don't, we don't shout this publication out very much because... I have opinions, but it was pushed out. Now, an article in 2020. They put out an article in 2020. This was after Adrian Gregory was fired. Um, almost three years ago. The article read, After another coaching scandal, should Kirby Hocutt face consequences? This was three years ago. That article was read. So I know a lot of people didn't really, really read that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not throwing shade. It's just it is what it is. But, uh, but I do. I, I, I read some of this stuff. Um, and that was three years ago that Matt put that article out, right? Since then, we've had tennis coach Tom Petty resign, uh, also alluding to potential, um, player abuse allegations or way he was talking to some of his, some of the, the, the players on the team. And then, not to mention, and then you have Mark Adams comparing his players to slaves, and it's like, well, okay. And not to, and then not to mention, now I know this didn't happen under his watch, but Chris Beard, right after he scorns us to Texas, Chris Beard gets domestic violence put on him. So that didn't necessarily fall under Texas Tech's watch, but it is something that still, in my opinion, falls under Kirby Hokuts. He hired the guy. Right, he hired the guy. He had from rumors where they that wasn't you know they they've been loud and out uh, in Lubbock as well, uh, him and his fiance. So that's another thing. So like it's it's just and one it's one of those things where when one thing goes wrong, it just piles up, right? And so like if if the Gillespie thing wasn't on whole cut, okay, but if you say the the there's no question the Stallings and Gregory thing I think has to fall on him. Um, but even if you say the beard thing's not and some other things aren't and da da da, da But eventually, when when you have an avalanche of things that all come out, we have an article from three years ago questioning if he should face consequences and more things keep getting added on top of it. It's just not a good look. And not to mention, Texas Tech's university doesn't have a good look. I mean, Mike Leach, remember? The whole, the, what jump-started his firing was him locking a kid in the closet. We hired Bobby Knight, the poster child for coaching abuse, Right? Bobby Knight, while at Texas Tech, people forget this, did technically forcefully move some, a player's face, a.k.a. slapped him. Tommy Tuberville forcibly removed the headset of an assistant coach, a.k.a. slapped him. So, like, these are things that we have, as a university, we, we're already known for. And then we have an athletic director that is kind of overseeing a lot of it, and it hasn't been good. It hasn't been good stuff. Um, especially the Gillespie and Stallings thing. I, I do want to say that that is... I know, I know Gregory was one thing. I know that, uh, oh, and we haven't even talked about Sammy Ward. The person who replaces Alina Gregory as a softball head coach also has player abuse allegations. Like that, how, how, I mean, how does you even allow that to happen? 
right? Like, so it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's a litany of issues that has come from his coaching. Well, and so let's just kind of, um, there's a lot there. Let's, let me just refresh for everybody at home. We'll go down the list uh, and it, you can just see the, after 2020, just, it, 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 okay, so in 2012, right, Billy Gillespie resigns one month after Tech could start their investigation, right? His He was like, ah, health issues, right? But no. Um, and then Marlene Stolings, right? 2020 was the year that really kind of set it off. And Marlene Stolings gets fired after a joint investigation, intercollegiate USA Today. Um, very, po- I mean, very well known. If you're a Texas Tech fan, very well known article. I mean, I think we all remember when that article came out. Either we found it or a friend sent it to us. Um, and, you know, just reading it like, what the hell is this? Um, as it like, because nobody knew what was going on. It wasn't even a topic of discussion. It wasn't like, a, oh, do we think that this is happening? It was like, oh, my gosh, we are winning. How good is that? And then USA Today is like, oh, Texas Tech, big, big font, national news, Texas Tech hiding scandal. And so you think in this era of like, wow. Like, how could we ever be a Bobby Petrino school? Like, how could we ever be, you know, one of these schools with a scandal that, like, makes the whole university look bad? And then we're that person. We're that university. You probably had friends text you about, like, what the hell is this? And, you know, not even related to tech at all. Uh, but it, it, it permeated. And the depth of language in that article, you know, culture of fear, anxiety, and depression, um, talking about the strength and conditioning coach, Ralph Petraeus, sexually harassing players, making suggestive comments, um, it, touching them in like super inappropriate ways, uh, as well as, you know, uh, Emma Merriweather, the 6'5 center, she was admonished for being depressed. Um, it's just like, in the responses of that, I, I remember reading, you know, I uh, can't remember who it was, but it was like, oh, why don't you just take a rubber band and slap it on your wrist every time you have a negative thought as if we're living in, you know, fucking like 1600s again. Um, but you after OK, so then Marlon Stolling's like this kicks it off. Right. So then we become that school with scandal. Like you said, Adrian Gregory, just a few months later, random resigning. And then it's like, oh, yes, actually, it's because there's a bunch of exit interviews that athletes are claiming abuse so she didn't want to stick around for the music she said i'm out adrian gregory passed on uh we hire sammy ward she gets like two seasons in disappears uh disappears with like whispers of allegations but we don't really get to peel into that one too much um todd petty later that year uh in 2022 resigns after nine former tennis players nine uh, between 2014 and 2021, so the entirety of Hoka's tenure, um, parents of two players, former Texas Tech employee, familiar with allegations. Guess guess what? USA Today. Uh, they're back at it again. And then, like 21, uh, and you know, Chris Beard comes, and like we said, doesn't really count because it wasn't at Texas Tech. But you know, you have Hoka hired this guy, and. This just it, it was not it was from what we understand in our circles, it was not misunderstood that Beard had an aggressive temper with uh his fiance. So like if you know that, 
that's a problem, right? So, and then of course, Mark Adams, most recently, 2023. So after 20, after Marlene Stallings, you know, you have in super quick, in disgustingly quick succession across a multitude of sports, um, basically four, uh, four scandals, which is four scandals in three years is crazy. Like you, you can't, I can't even fathom. I can't fathom a school existing after that, right? It's just like, where's the justice? Where's the reprimand? Where's the anything? Like, legitimately. Well, the fact that a player compared his black players to slaves, and there, and it was like, oh, that's, oh, that's the lightest one. <laughs> oh, that's the lightest God. one. Oh, you ain't abused nobody. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay, that's oh, that's nothing. You know, that's cool. All right, we can take that. Um, that's, but <laughs> you know, you're right. I think that. Um, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of scandals. The Stallings one was a big one, right? Um, that was a big one. And that, the Stallings investigation is one that gets a lot of ADs fired. A lot of ADs fired. And at the time, especially, a lot of people just kind of excused it away. When it happened, this was coming off the national championship game. Pat Mahomes is, is doing Pat Mahomes things, right? So he's already becoming this, this megastar. We just went to a college world series. So for the most part, it was kind of excused. It was kind of like, okay, well, you know, but I think it was very important about the Stallings one was that it wasn't just an abuse scandal. Like we saw with, uh, Mike Leach and with the Billy Gillespie, it was the cover up because Texas tech, the whole article was about the fact that not only were these allegations happening, they were being told to tech. It's not like it was another way around where players are going to USA Today or players are going on Twitter or Facebook saying it and that's where it came. They were going to the university and saying, this is happening. I'm leaving because this is happening. And, not, and to me, if somebody's leaving and you see this, oh, well, hold on, we're losing good players because of this. We, we did lose good players because of it, Right? Um, after stalling, I mean, Chris, I just watched Kristen Carr, Kristen Carr just watched her in a three point competition. She's now at Louisville. She was at Syracuse now at Louisville. She's somebody that we ended up losing after the turmoil. She was somebody that was, was brought on and we ended up losing after the turmoil with the whole stalling situation. Right. And so like that is, you lose really good people and for it to come through and you say, okay, well, ah, we hear you, but you know, well, well. You know, we'll kind of uh, handle it on our, on our own. And not only that, but, you know, I know there was some... Hocut made the mention of, oh, we were already investigating it. Bruh, you investigated for like two years, my guy. And it kept coming. <laughs> like, the exit interviews kept coming. And then you fire Stallings a week after the USA Today article. So it don't really seem like you was investigating it. Seemed like you was hiding it. And that's what it felt like to anybody who was just not a, a, a whole cut apologist. It seemed like he was high at the very least the university, right? Whether you want to say that maybe it wasn't whole cut specifically, but the university was hiding the fact that the player, the, the women's basketball coach was abusing the players. Why felt like, because for the first time in a, since 2012, we were starting to not be awful. That was the bar. Not even good. We still weren't winning, but we were not awful. Yeah. So that's all it takes for you to be able to abuse some players. We've mentioned it a couple of times. It's interesting the affordability whenever you're the big ticket item 
right that you are like uh what do you have out here in lubbock it's texas tech and that you know being that being the only big dog in town being the main focal point of like an entire city does afford you a little bit of leeway does afford you a little bit of wiggle room and i think uh i think that texas tech is playing this weird game of you know man like we could fire ho cut but does anybody really care at the end of the day because look at all these things we're building again the key word here is visible progress. And Hoka has surrounded himself with a lot of visible progress for the university. So it makes that decision super hard. It makes that decision seem, oh my gosh, we we could fire Hoka. Um, we could fire Hoka. But what are we going to lose for the university? Like, what are we not going to be able to do that he's already in progress? Like, what would we lose in the long run? And so it's kind of like, and it made me think about, I don't know how uh, very little people know about this, but uh, the Ford Motor Company, this is a good one for one. The Ford Motor Company, when they made the Pinto, the Pinto was a death trap. The Pinto would explode. Um, Ford Motor Company decided that it was cheaper for them to pay off uh it was cheaper to pay off people who whose family member people who died it was cheaper to pay for settlements for people who died than it was to fix the pinto and i think texas tech is having its very own ford pinto moment that they're like it is it is better for us in the long run to keep ho cut for what he brings to this university and just hope that people just give up uh caring about the small things like this that, that's how I'm seeing it right now. Because I don't know any other university in North America that would allow this many scandals in such a short period of time that have attracted negative attention to the university to go without some kind of reprimand. And remember, remember nothing has come back on Hocut in a way, in a tangible way. It's always been like, Hocut's addressing this. Hocut's going to address this. This is, this, this is being addressed by Hocut. It's never been like, what are we doing to like what are we doing to Hocut to put a little fire under his butt? Who's talking to him, right? We don't we don't get to see that. Is there anybody? I don't know. Could be nobody. Absolutely. So with that, um Jeremy, you kind of alluded earlier in this episode to a guest. We got a guest coming. But you have to wait. That's gonna be next week. Uh you have to wait a little bit to get that guest. This is part one of us looking into Kirby Hokut's uh, career and what he is, what he's done for the university, both good and bad. Um, and we'll take, kind of take a deeper look into it and really talk about um, that Marlene Stalling scandal. Cause that's really what jump bump, jump this all off. And we would have thought for most other ADs, you stay on the up and up, you stay tight. You're like, oh, I can't handle another one of these. We've had a lot more of those since. And I think it's really a time to really start thinking about Kirby Hokut. Um, as an AD and all the good things he's done, but also some of that negative that other ADs just wouldn't have been able to withstand. So Jeremy, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? It's important to investigate. It's important to ask hard questions. And as our next guest will allude, uh, tell us, you know, it's important to take the fandom glasses off sometimes and look at things in a more clear and unbiased light for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that part two episode. Um, 
And for the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network, and a part of Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.